Welcome to Passion Life Church. Good morning, Passion Life Church. Good morning and, and uh, happy new year to you. And uh, I'm just so excited that you would end this year in the house of God. You know, it takes a commitment. It takes uh, a person who who is committed to the things of God to say, hey, you know what? I want to be in the house of God at the end of the year. I want to end strong. And I think that as we end this year, I have some words this morning on my heart. And uh, I believe God has put uh, in my heart this morning for you. And, and I think it's going to help. You know, this, this morning's message is going to be challenging. You know, I think sometimes we come to church and we just want to be comforted. And there's times for that, but there's also times that we need to be challenged. Come on, somebody, uh, so we can grow. And, uh, you know, one thing that I've figured out, I don't know if you figured it out, but a lot of times the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of actually changing. And this morning I put a message together and I've entitled it The Win. Everybody say that, The Win. I think on New Year's Eve it's a great time to reflect to examine our lives, examine our relationship with God and say, am I closer to God this year than I was last year? And if not, where, where, what happened? And if I am closer to God, what are the, some of the things that I did to, to, to get closer? Because how many of you know the Bible says that if we will draw nigh to him, he will draw nigh to us. And so he's ready and, and he's waiting. And, but if you were to look back, how many of those goals, the commitments, the resolutions that you made, how many of those did you keep? And are we going to be here in 2018 waiting on the precipice for 2019 and going, you know what? I didn't accomplish the goals. I, I, I'm still the same. I still have the same challenges. I'm still dealing with the same things. Well, this morning, I want to challenge us a little bit. And I've called this message the win because I want to look at a guy in the Bible. His name is Paul. Because I think Paul is a great example of a guy who won. And you go, Pastor Phil, why, why Paul? What, what did he win? Well, he made this statement to his young apprentice, Timothy, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. And this is what he said. Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Notice this. He kept faith, and when he kept his faith, his faith caused him to finish. That tells me that a lack of faith can cause me to quit. It can cause me to go backward. But Paul says, hey, I have finished my course. And every single one of us have a course. Every single one of us, the Bible says, has a race to run. And so what I wanted to do is I want to look into Paul's life. And obviously there's a lot of things we could talk about today. But you know, there's four principles that I looked and I said, man, I, I do a lot of these things. And I think that if we can just get four uh, and you can write them down or put them in your notes and your smartphone and that maybe in a couple of months you can go back and kind of reevaluate. Am I doing these things? If you have your Bibles, come on, let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to start reading in verse 24. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. Are you alive this morning? Yeah. Woo! Are you excited about the new year? Yeah. Woo! I'm, I'm so excited. I just can't hide it. I should write a song. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. And this is what Paul says. He says, you know that in a race, all the runners win... 
but only one wins the prize, don't you? You must run in such a way that you may be victorious. Everyone who enters an athletic contest practices self-control and everything. They do it to win. Everybody say that. Win. Come on, say it loud. To win. How about we say it like we want to win? Come on. They do it to what? They do it to win. They do it to win. They run to win. But they run to win a wreath that withers away. But we run to win a prize that never fades away. He's talking about being in heaven. And he's talking about you and I, an eternal prize that one day you and I are going to stand before God. And listen, for us as Christians, that's not a judgment of whether we are going to heaven and hell. You know what is so amazing is that today, before you die, you can make a decision to ask Jesus to come inside your heart, forgive you of all your sins. And you know, you can receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And you can either stand before Jesus as your Savior, or you can stand before Jesus as your judge when you get to heaven. But you choose that. But for us as believers, when we stand before God, we're not going to be judged on our sins. Why? Because God judged all of our sins in Jesus. Come on, somebody. When you and I stand before God, it's a total judgment of rewards. It's all where you will be crowned and everything that you did for God, all of the rewards will be rewarded. And let me just encourage you, God sees everything you do. God sees how much you give. He sees what you do. And here is the prize. The prize is, did you fulfill your purpose and your destiny? This is what Paul is talking about. He says, and he's talking about sports and he's talking about a race and he says, these people run and they get this wreath back then. And they would get this kind of wreath in, in Paul's times. And he says, that thing fades away. But here's what we're running for. We're running for something that's so eternal that will never fade away. Verse 26, he says, this is the way I run. With a clear goal. Everybody say that with me. Come on, say clear goal. I run with a clear goal in mind. This is the way I fight. Not like someone shadow boxing. Verse 27, now I keep on disciplining my body, making it serve me so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not somehow be disqualified. You know, Paul, and I love his writings because he wrote two thirds of the New Testament, but he gives some sports analogies. And ladies, you know, I don't have a, many of my messages. I don't use a lot of sports analogies just because I know that some ladies are like, oh, I don't, I don't relate. But today I get to talk about that because it's in the text. And I think that um, I, I, when, when he looks and, and he's talking about running this race, he's talking about our purpose and, and our destiny. And he's talking about how every single one of us are in this race. And I want to look at four principles that I think will help us win because Paul won. And here's the first one. If you're going to win in 2018, you're going to have to keep your eyes on the prize. Let me say that again. Keep your eyes on the prize. Every NFL football player knows what the prize is. The prize is to get to Super Bowl. That is the prize. This is the reason why they train. This is the reason why they walk around in helmets and these tight little skinny pants that no grown men should wear. Come on, somebody. There's a purpose. 
What is the purpose? What is the purpose that they would risk injury in their lives? Some, if you saw the Steeler game, probably two or three weeks ago, Ryan Shazier made a tackle and he was not able to move the lower part of his body. Why would somebody risk moving their whole, uh, not being able to move their whole body and even death? What for? For the prize. What is the prize? For them, it's Super Bowl. That's why they train. That's why they sweat. That's why they do everything. But here's the reality. The win for an NFL player is clearly defined. And the context here is Paul is saying there's a wreath that runners run for and that fades away. But he's talking about living for something much bigger than this life. And that is living for the cause of Jesus Christ. That one day when we stand before him, he would look at you and say, well done, good and faithful servant. But you know what? We can use Paul's principle today in our lives. He's not just talking about eternal things. He's also talking about you and I having some goals, realizing that we're running the race. And if I were to ask you today, have you defined the prize for 2018? Let's talk, let's talk practically a little bit today. What is the win for you in 2018? Let me, let me just ask you a couple of questions. Personally, what is the win for your relationship with God in 2018? What is the win? How would you define the prize? Parents, let me ask you a question. What is the win for your family this year in 2018? See, for me as a parent, the win for me is that my son know God, that I be an example to him and him not just, oh, I hear what dad says, but I'm not going to do what dad does. No, I want him to hear what I say and do what I do. You know, the other day before he went to school, we were walking out of the door and he stopped and he said, dad, would you pray for me? He said, I, I need prayer today, dad. I said, man, that's a win for a young person, a seven-year-old kid to know that he needs prayer and that he needs to pray. Can I just encourage you parents? You need to find the win. Listen, parents that stay home don't have go to church kids. I, don't, I, I, I can't tell you as a youth pastor for 20 years how many times I've sat in counseling sessions with parents and 16 year old kids, 17 year old kids and the dad and the mom don't understand what happened. We don't understand why he turned out like this. We, and I can think to myself, it's because you had no prize. You had no win. You never defined the win. And now that your, your, your son is strung out on drugs, he doesn't want to go to church. Listen, now you're concerned. You never defined the win. What is the win? What is the win, husbands, for your marriage? Under God, we stand responsible for our families. You have to have a vision you have to have a plan. What is the win? Can I ask you this? Have you defined the prize for you? What does your life look like at the end of 2018? Now, can I just be honest with you? Some people have what I call unspoken goals. They don't have a vision or here's their vision. Oh, I gotta just survive. I just barely made it through 2017. Whoo, I'm so thankful. Ah! And you know what? 
They said the same thing in 2016. Oh, I made it through 2016. Thank you, Jesus. They said the same thing in 2015. Oh, I made it through. And you know what their prize was? Here's what the goal was. Survive. And guess what? They accomplished their goal. They just survived. Now I get it. We all have circumstances. We all have situations. And Paul's going to have some problems too. And we're going to look at how he handled it. But can I just tell you this? Survival is not God's best for your life. Let me say that again. Survival is not God's best for your life. Jesus didn't die on a cross and raise again so you and your marriage could barely make it through. He did not die on the cross and raised from the dead so you can be broke for the next 10 years. Come on, somebody. And you know what happens? It's not up to him. He's already made provision. Our problem is, is we haven't defined the prize. And some of us have been so happy with survival. We don't know what a better life looks like. And Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. Come on, somebody. And God, Jesus came to give you a better life. Not a life of survival, but a life that thrives. Come on. I just survive. Well, it's time to change your perspective. It's time to change the prize and start setting your goal and having a vision. See, what people don't really realize is that your lack of vision really holds you back from experiencing God's best. You know, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18 says, where there is no vision, people perish. You have to start seeing yourself thriving. Come on. You have to start seeing yourself healthy and skinny. Come on, somebody. I see it. You may not see it. I see it. Because if you don't see it, you'll never get it. If you don't see yourself being generous, you'll never get there. See, even as we talk about today, the rewards of when we go to heaven and standing before God and he's going to give us rewards. Some people are like, man, I just hope I get there. I hope you get there too. But there's much more to just getting there. Did you know earth is your practice run for heaven? Because God looks at what we steward here. Everything you have, he looks how we steward it. And this is a practice run for heaven. And I hope you get there too. But I'm not concerned about that. If you have faith and you know that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, now it's what are you going to do with God, with what God has given you? What is the vision for your family? What is the vision for the church? What's the win for Passion Life Church? I can tell you. I can tell you what's kept us for five years. This year we will be celebrating five years. We always knew what the win was. Are we reaching lost people. Yes. This last week, you know, what's kept us is watching people say yes to Jesus for the very first time. That's miracles. That's the greatest miracle you will ever experience is receiving Jesus as your Lord and savior. That is how passionate life describes the win. Are people receiving Jesus? Are we reaching people? I, 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 it's such a compliment to me when I'm out at the welcome center and people are like, man, I'm just, I haven't been into church. But I came, I kind of like this thing. I, I, I want to come back. You know, I feel like God is doing something to me. We're reaching lost people. And I could tell you this. If it wasn't for that marker, people always ask me, so how, well, what's the vision? Well, are people being reached with the gospel? Number two, 
reaching and teaching, are we seeing spiritual growth in people's lives? And we are. We're seeing people who not only receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior, now they're beginning to grow. Now they're beginning to invite their neighbors. Now they're beginning to serve and taking on capacities and leadership capacities that they've never done. That at Passion Life Church is a win. Reaching, teaching, and leading. Our people leading in our church. People are leading. And that's how we define success is those are the wins and everything we do, that is our vision, goes along with that vision. And the Bible says this, without a vision, people perish. Can I just say it this way? Without vision, there's no focus. There's no focus. See, vision is what should lead us. I should be led by vision. You see, if I'm not led by vision, I'm gonna spend all of my time reacting to things. This is how many people parent. This is how many people have their marriages, constantly just reacting, constantly putting out fires, constantly dealing with problems. Can I just tell you, you need to define the prize and what the win is and let your vision lead you. Let your vision lead your family. Let the vision lead your finances. There's a saying in Spanish, eat what you want and your body will take on the shape that it wants. Right? Whatever, whatever. And here's what happens. People come to the end of the year and they don't know where they're at. They don't know if they've, <laughs> it's like, well, I, Pastor Phil, I didn't set any goals because, you know, I didn't want to, uh, I didn't want to, um, you know, damper any of my expectations. So you're like Charlie Brown. You take that bow and arrow, you shoot it out, and then wherever it lands, you go and draw a target. Yeah, I hit the target. But see, vision, the Bible says, will keep you focused. See, that, there's a reason why God is talking about vision. See, one translation says, without a vision, one translation says this. It says, without a revelation, people cast out restraint. See, people that don't have a vision, they're running everywhere, but they didn't get anywhere. Running over here, oh, I'm busy, I'm busy. You know what, I don't really care if you're busy. What I want to know is where are you productive? There's a lot of busy people. And at the end of the day, they were busy doing nothing that went along with the vision of their life. Because let's not confuse busyness and productivity. Some of us are busy doing the wrong thing. I want to know at the end of your life, are you going to stand before God and he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. You had a vision. Listen, and it's funny because Paul says this. He goes, everybody runs, but not everybody wins. Did you know right now you're running? You're running a race. You're using your energy. You know what? You're living your life. Every day you're getting up. You're using this energy. And some people are spending their energy and their life, and they're like a hamster on the wheel, right? With a carrot dangling in front of them. But there's no carrot. They never get it. They're just going and going and going. And there's no clear-cut goal. And Paul says this. I know it, it's just so funny. It's so interesting to me. But he goes, when I run, I run to win. there's a prize. And you and your life this year, and I would encourage you, I always spend the first week praying and asking God, God, help me define my prize. 
Let God give me a vision. Help me, Lord. What is the vision for my family? What is the vision for my finances? What is it? And see here what Paul's talking about. Paul knew about vision. He knew, I gotta keep my eyes on the prize. I gotta keep my eyes on the prize. This is what he knew, that vision, that when you have a vision, vision becomes the energy behind the effort. Let me say that again. Vision becomes the energy behind the effort. Paul knew this, vision is what provides the motivation in the morning. And I wanna tell you, if you have no motivation to get up out of bed in the morning, it's because you don't have a vision. Because vision makes all the details matter. Vision is what, man, it provides the motivation. But let me say this, you know what vision also does? Vision is the force that pushes you past problems. I got a vision, I got a vision. And Paul, the guy who finished his race, woo-hoo, he had some problems, he had some challenges. So before we go, well, it was Paul from the Bible, and, you know, and we think, well, he had something that we don't have. You have the same Holy Spirit that Paul has. But can I just tell you, let's, before we start making the excuses of why we can't fulfill our vision, let's kind of look at, at your excuse list, my excuse list, and look at Paul's. Are you ready? Here's the problems that Paul had. Paul was whipped five times. And every time that he was whipped, it was 40 lashes. Paul was beaten three times with a stick. He was stoned once, not recreationally, but stoned with rocks. Three times, listen, three times he was shipwrecked, right? Gilligan's Island, sit right back in your heel. He was three times. One or two of those times he was out at sea for a day and a half where he was at sea all night by himself because of being shipwrecked. He talks about how he went without food. He talks about there were days where he went without clothes. There were times where he didn't have food or water. And this is the one that got me out of all those. He said, now that I had friends who stole from me. I had friends who stole from me. And see my church family, when you start making your excuses of why you can't accomplish the vision, I am so compelled by vision that it pushes me through certain problems because I keep my eyes on the prize. I keep my eyes on what matters most. And I'm gonna tell you this, as a family, one of the things that matters most right now is your marriage and your family. We have 18 years, many, some of us 19 years with our kids, that's all you got. You to train them, to give them everything that God has given you. And listen, it's not about what you leave them, it's about what you leave in them. And I wanna leave in my son a vision for what God has for his life and how to accomplish that. And there's gonna be all these things. See, a good vision will compel you. It has pulling power. And here's what Paul did after all the shipwrecks, after being, here's what he said. For, uh, Philippians chapter three, verse 14. He said, I press toward the mark. Here's that word, for the prize. I'm going toward the prize. I know I've been beaten, but I'm going towards the prize. I'm going toward the prize for the high calling in Jesus Christ. He kept his eyes on the prize. Can I just encourage you? Ask God, Lord, what is the vision for my life this year? What do you want to do with me this year, Lord? Use me any way that you can. Lord, I want to, I want to know you more this year. You know, he kept his faith. I don't know. I wonder how many of us would have been backslidden after 40 lashes, three times beaten, three times shipwrecked, how many would say, God, do you exist? Do you know all of these things that he was doing and that happened to him? It's because he was doing 
what was right, but because he kept his eyes on the prize. He knew that his life just wasn't about him, that his life was about making difference for the kingdom. And I think one of the most important things that you'll need in 2018 is like what Paul said, you're gonna have to keep the faith. Keep believing. I know life is cray-cray. I know, I know people are cray-cray. Come on, there may be one sitting right next to you right now. But you know, here's my question. Are you gonna keep the faith? I'm so amazed. Can I talk to you today like we're in a locker room? I'm so amazed how people get so offended at church for little things and, oh, God doesn't exist. God doesn't exist because that person's an idiot. No, you just want to be offended. You know what you really want? You want an excuse to do nothing. Really? That's all the devil has to do is send somebody in front of you and you lose it? Come on, people. Bless you. Come on, people. We got to keep the faith. The reason why these people out here are crazy is because they're in darkness and we are the lights. Come on, we are the salt. We can't lose our saltiness. Can you tell I'm excited? Here's, so number one, what are we gonna do? We're gonna keep our eyes on the what? Now turn to your neighbor and say, have you defined the prize? Have you defined it for your life? Have you defined it for this year? Here's number two. Not only did he keep his eyes on the prize, but here's what Paul did. He aligned his plans and his priorities with the prize. Listen to what he said in Philippians chapter three, verse 10. He said that I may know him, talking about God. He said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Here's what Paul was saying. The greatest win for my life is knowing God. And I wanna ask you, Passion, Passion, where are you on that? Do you know God more as we stand here in 2017 on the precipice of a new year? Can you say like Abraham, I'm a friend of God. I'm closer to him. Because to be honest, you're as close to God as you want to be. Because he's already made a way. And I'm going to tell you, that'll be the greatest win of your life is knowing God. Why? Because he's the one that gives us the vision. He's the one that gives us the plan. He's the one that's given you a destiny. Even before you were born, he knew you. He foreknew you. He planned the days of your life. So as I know him, I'm going to know what to do. I'm going to know my potential. I'm going to know my calling. And I will have great fulfillment. And Paul said, the greatest win of my life is knowing him. See, I want to know God. Because knowing God gives my life meaning. He gave me his life. And he wants to reveal that plan. But see, you can have a vision. You can keep your eyes on the prize. But if you don't line up your priorities in line with that vision, you'll never have a win. I know a lot of people who have great vision, but they don't plan. They don't plan for that vision. They don't prioritize for that vision. I love the words Paul says. He says, when I fight, I fight to win. And then notice this. He says, I don't fight like somebody. Now he's talking about boxing. He was talking about racing before, but now he's talking about boxing. He says, I don't fight like somebody who shadow boxes. I thought, wow, that's, that's pretty interesting. 
What's shadow boxing? Have you ever seen it? Have you ever seen when you watch a fight and the fighters get out there and they start doing their little boxer dance, right? And then they start foo, foo, throwing them punches. Foo, foo. And what's happening? They're using all their muscles. Some of them are sweating. Some of them are dancing. And what are they hitting? They're getting ready for the fight. But here's the reality. They're hitting the air. You don't win fights by hitting the air. You win fights by hitting a target. And Paul says, I'm not like the boxer who is using all his energy. Listen, he's still using the energy. He's still using the muscles, but he's not hitting anything. And many people are like that, living their lives, working, hate their jobs, right? All of these things working. And at the end of the day, you're hitting nothing. And so I want to help you win. You know, I started to think about what kind of people are shadow boxing people? What is, because when you're shadow boxing, really you're just hitting there, you're just wasting your time. And I thought about a couple people. Here's number one. If you're a worrier, if your priority is worry, I know people, that's their priority. What does priority mean? That's always what they put first. Any situation, boom, their default, we worry. Well, can I tell you, you're a shadow boxer then. Because the Bible says that worry doesn't accomplish anything. And I know people who will worry themselves sick. That ain't even the devil. That's them. And you hear them say, I'm worried thick. Do you know they, they came out with a statistic that 90% of everything you worry about never happens? You're shadow boxing. You ain't at nothing. The Bible says you can't even add one cubit, right, to your statue by worrying. You're shadow boxing. And at the end of the day, right, the people that worry and the people that work hard are still exhausted, still tired, but the difference is one accomplished their goal and one has nothing. Is this too strong this morning? I wanted to be a little strong today. You know why? Because your destiny and your purpose is on the brink and you need to stand up and say, I'm gonna have a vision and I'm gonna win this year because I want to show God's glory in my life. What's your plan? What's your plan? My wife knows this about me. I always want to know what the plan is. You know why? Because I only have a certain amount of energy during the day, and I want to use that energy at certain times that I feel necessary. But if I don't know what the plan is, right? And some people have no plan. So what is the plan for your health this year? Ooh, it got quiet. What is the plan? What is the plan for your finances? What is the plan? Are you going to plan to be generous in 2018? Or are you going to plan to just live and see what you can get? What, 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 what is the, the plan? Here's another thing. People who go through the motions. Do you know when a person is shadow boxing, you know what they're doing? They're going through the motions and they're not hitting anything. Do you know it can be like that in life? We go through the motions in life, right? We can go through the motions even in our relationship with God. We come into church, the music's playing, right? Those lights are right in your eyes, healing all the cataracts, right? Come on. And the worship team's playing, and that has become, oh, that's the time to get there. Okay, we still have 15 more minutes because worship's not over. And you go through the motions. Love so great, Lord, you're amazing. Can I just ask you, if I came up to you, Zach, and go, Zach, wow, you are amazing. 
We go through the motion in our marriage. I love you. I, I love you. I love you. Do something. Show some heart. Learn Spanish. Te amo. What's the plan? Right? Going through the motions. And see, I don't know. Lord, should I say this? Help me say it in love. Jesus, help me. That's the plan. That's the vision. Some of us have come to the end of the year and we're upset with God. And the reality was we just went through the motions. And God wasn't in it because you weren't in it. And believe me, I know I've been in more services probably this year than many of you. And there's times that I sit there and I'm like, okay, it's time to worship. But I turned that off and I said, God, you have my heart and I'm going to sing to you from my heart. It may not sound good. It may be broken. It may be weird. But you know what? I'm not going to go through the motions. I'm not going to be a shadow boxer and hit nothing at the end of my life. Come on. Is this good this morning? Yeah. And people who shadow box are people with no priorities. I'm going to tell you because you need to hear it. You need to prioritize the word of God. How about a plan this year to read through the Bible this year? Well, you know, I just kind of, I don't do that. I just kind of led. And Judas hung himself. Ah, okay. Go and do likewise. Why not? That's not. Why not come up with a plan of how you're going to read this in 2018, the whole thing, cover to cover? I don't understand it. I know you don't. I don't either sometimes. But I've found when I come up with a plan and start reading it, the Holy Spirit will start to move in my heart, and he will reveal things to you. The Lord has never spoken to me. That's why this is called the Word. And there's a proverb for every single day of your life. There's wisdom in here. Because if you spend more time with the spoken word, you will hear the audible voice. But what about the plan? What about the plan? Right? What is the plan? What are the priorities this morning? What is, what is the, the vision? You know, I was thinking about if you've ever gone to a, a, a circus, there's the lion trainers. They don't do it now, but... The lion trainers have a stool and they have a whip. And when they're trying to train the lions, what they do is they put the stool up like this. And what this does is that because of the four legs of this, the lion cannot focus on the stool. And so what happens is it becomes distracted. It becomes weak because it can't focus. And so the lion, what happens is it becomes paralyzed because its attention is fragmented. So you have the power of a lion paralyzed because of lack of focus. Some of us live our lives like that. And I would encourage you this year, what are the five things that you're going to really focus on this year? Because here's the truth. I love you. I know we can do all things through Christ. But listen, you can only do so many things well. It's the truth. It's the truth. 
It's the truth. But here's what I want to know, and I want you to know. I think it's important that we understand. I'm a planner. I love to be strategic about things, and Paul was. But I think here's what makes his life real. Are you ready? In all his planning and all his keeping his eyes on the prize. And you know what? I'm going to prioritize. Um, you know what happened? Paul wasn't ready. He got thrown in prison. Three times. One time for two years. That wasn't part of the plan. Prison was not a part of the plan. I got stuff to do. I got a vision. I got to reach people. But he was thrown in prison for doing what's right. And here's number three. Listen, not only are we going to keep our eyes on the prize, number two, not only are we going to align our plans and our priorities with the prize, but here's number three. When Paul was in prison, he decided to be productive and not become passive because things didn't go his way. Life is filled with circumstances. Life is filled with situations. There are things in my life that did not go the way that I thought they would go. And here's the temptation to sit my cheeks in the seats and sit there and mope and go. <laughs> and some people stay like that for years because the person they thought they were going to marry didn't want to marry them. And some people pout. And guess what? You'll miss out on your purpose. But see, here's what Paul decided to do in prison for two years. Two years. He got some type of writing utensil. I don't know what it was. I don't know if they had a pen back there. And he got a piece of paper. And under the unction of the Holy Spirit, in his prison moment, he decided to start writing the New Testament. That's why, ladies and gentlemen, it's called the prison epistles. Because he wrote them in prison. You know, you know the scriptures, some of the famous scriptures that we love to quote? You know those, those, those scriptures that you and I are, are it, it's just our favorite Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ask or think according to the power that works within us. Do you know where Paul wrote that? Paul wrote it in a prison cell. When life didn't go his way, when the plan didn't work out, he didn't sit there and just mope and become passive. He said, I'm going to do what I can do. And his writings, the epistles, were born out of a time when he was in prison. You know, I think sometimes we have this mentality that I'll move forward when I get all the answers. I'll move forward, you know, Pastor Phil, when I get all the right connections. Pastor Phil, I'll, I'll move forward. When, you, when I get all the resources, when I get all the resources, man, I'll move forward. See, when I have it all together, that's, that, that's kind of when I'm going to go for it. And so we just wait. We just wait. And we're just waiting. And we're waiting. And some of us have been waiting for years. And here's what we need to do. We need to stop waiting for the perfect conditions because you'll never have a win. You'll never have and meet the goal if you're waiting for perfect conditions. You know, Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 4 says this. If you wait for perfect conditions... You'll never get anything done. And I believe if we're going to go to the next level in 2018, listen, if we are going to, um, to take some ground, anybody want to take some ground in 2018 and go to the next level, you're going to have to take a step first and the provision will come. Successful people know that. Can't wait for all. When we got here, Five, six years ago now, 
We didn't know anybody. We didn't know. I was like, man, these are not good conditions to start a church. We, and we just started meeting one person, two people, three people. But I want to know, are you going to be productive when life doesn't go your way? Or are you going to be passive? And I want to encourage you today. You know, I, I, listen, I, I, love, I love divorced people. I love talking with them. But I know people that are talking about their divorce and it happened 10 years ago. And I get it. Hey, but you know, there's a whole world in front of you. And I know it didn't go your way. I understand. But listen, you got to start going towards your prize. You still have a purpose. You still have a destiny. Come on, somebody. You can still move. You can still get that destiny. But you're going to have to not just be passive. You're going to have to go and be productive and go towards the prize. Focus on what you can do, not what you can't. I think sometimes we're waiting for this Red Sea moment where we get to the Red Sea and all of a sudden it parts. I was like, hallelujah. I was waiting for that. But if you read the scripture, the Red Sea didn't part until Moses took out his hand. Actually, Moses starts to pray to God. God, the Red Sea. And Moses and God says, why are you praying? What do you have in your hand? What you have in your hand, if you'll extend it, can move that body of water, Moses. And I want to tell you today at Passion Life Church, what God has put inside of you and the gifts and the talents that he's placed inside of you, if you would just use it, you would see miracles happen in your life. And I've been saying it 2017. I'm going to continue to say, we are not waiting on God. God is waiting on you. He's waiting on you. He's waiting on you. Listen, I'm going to end with this, but I want to say this. You know, in talking like this, it's very easy for people to go, well, you, don't, Pastor, you just don't understand what I went through. Hey, I get it. I, I'm not trying to be insane. I love you. I'll pray for you. I'll cry with you. But at what point are we going to pick ourselves up and start moving forward and understand that God has a plan and a purpose for our lives? Here's number four. Are you glad you came to church today? And here's where we'll end. Paul kept his eyes on the prize. Keep your eyes on the prize in 2018. Align your plans, your priorities with that prize, right? When life doesn't go your way, decide to be productive, not passive. And here's the last one that Paul said. Forgetting what's behind. Paul would forget what's behind to reach forward for the prize. Listen to what he said in Philippians chapter 3, verse 17. Brethren, I do not count myself to have attained but one thing I do. There's a lot of one things that Paul talks about. Well, I just want to know him. That's my one thing. And then he talks about my one thing. Listen, him and one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind and I reach forward to those things that are ahead. You cannot hold on to the past and reach for the future. I'm going to say that again. You cannot hold on to your past and still reach for the future. You have to let go of your past. Because according to God, it's all under the blood of Jesus Christ. And Paul is emphasizing that people who can't forget their past will never push forward to the future. And I'm going to tell you, here's another shadow boxer, a person who's trying to change their past. You cannot change your past. You can learn from it and learn from the things that went wrong, but you have to move forward 
and you have to give your past to God and say, God, cleanse me, wanna move forward. 2017 is dead, there's nothing we can do about it, but here's what we can do. We can make a decision to win in 2018. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.